0: welcome to speaking of sex with the pleasure mechanics i'm chris i'm charlotte we are the pleasure mechanics and on this podcast we have honest explicit soulful conversations about sex love relationships pleasure and joy come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find all of our resources that we have been developing for you since 2006 We've been creating online resources to support you in experiencing more pleasure, joy, connection, and love in your life. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com. You'll find it all. And when you're ready to dive deeper with us, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love. Many of you have been with us for years, listening to this podcast and taking in bits and pieces. And maybe you sense that you are ready for more Whenever that feeling rises for you, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash love because we have so much more to offer you and you'll find it all there. On today's episode, we're continuing our mini series on the master language of love, touch touch. We're exploring touch over the next many episodes, diving deep into all of the ways we can touch and stimulate and arouse and thrill one another. But first, we wanted to drop in a second because so often when we talk about sensation and pleasure and touch, the first thing we think about is Things coming from the outside in, your lover stimulates you, you see a beautiful sight, you taste a ripe peach, and you respond to that external stimulus with pleasure. This is all super important and valid, and we're going to talk about all sorts of ways to stimulate one another. But there's a whole realm of skills in receiving touch, in experiencing pleasure, that so often go overlooked. And from our experiences as erotic masseurs, as professional somatic sex educators, we've witnessed all sorts of people receive touch. And the skills of receiving touch really deserve their own study and practice. And today we wanna talk about the internal experience of sensation how we feel our bodies from the inside. This is called interoception. I am super geeky about it. But when we share it with you today, we really want to break it down about why the skills of developing interoceptive awareness, which we can think about as feeling myself. Can you feel yourself? Can you feel your internal state? Because if you can't feel your inside body, if you can't feel how you feel, how do you know what you want? How do you know if you want more or less pressure? How do you know if you want a beautiful spanking? It's hard to know what you want if you can't feel what you're feeling. It's also hard to know when enough is enough or when you want more or less of something or what you are desiring. The ability to feel your desire is an interoceptive skill. And so to even know to ask for what you want, you have to be able to feel your feelings. And this realm, the eighth sensory system of humans, interoception, is not talked about very much. Very few of us ever think about how we feel, what we feel inside our bodies So we are going to get a little geeky about interoception and guide you through a few ways that you can increase your interoceptive awareness. In other words, get better at feeling yourself.
1: Interoception is what tells us that we have to go to the bathroom or we're hungry. So we get that information and then we do something with it.
0: And we get that information from nerve endings. It's the same system that tells your body that something's coming from the outside. A bug lands on your arm, sensory nerves, experience that, send a signal to your brain and you swat it away. We have nerve endings on our insides. So it's really important to know that. Sometimes we think, oh, it's like this mysterious sense of I've got to pee. No, those are sensory nerve endings being triggered by your full bladder. It's a really incredible process, but I just wanted to interrupt you for a minute to really point out that they are nerve endings on our insides.
1: so cool. It's It's so amazing. amazing. And so we can strengthen that relationship between between those nerve endings and our brain and our awareness and then so much more becomes possible and when we bring this into the erotic realm we can begin to track our arousal, our turn-on, our climax and we're paying attention to the sensations as they're increasing and decreasing and we're feeling emotions as that's happening and we're getting comfortable with all of that.
0: So you mentioned emotions, and it's really important to know that interoception not only assists us with the basic biological functions of homeostasis, so telling you when you have to pee, telling you when you're hungry, telling you when you're thirsty, alerting you when your core body temperature gets too high or too low. All of these are kind of you know, those basic survival functions of our internal animal body telling us what it needs. And then our brain, on more or less conscious levels, registering those needs and being motivated to seek the resolution for those needs. You have to pee, your brain gets that signal, and you either get up from your desk and go pee right away, or your brain can be like, okay, I am understanding I have to pee and I will get to it. So those signals also have a scale of urgency, you feel more or less of these signals, depending on both the urgency of the situation and your sensitivity to them. Hunger signals, you feel that rumbling in your stomach, you feel kind of a contraction of your guts, and you're like, mm, food. And if you start noticing these systems as they're triggered, you start noticing how multi system there they are, how our body responds to these cues, and we start thinking about food and then saliva might start coming and our whole body starts moving towards food. Now, it's also really important to know that interoception is how we feel our feelings, how we feel our emotions. And this is where it just gets really vast and really personal, but so important to start paying attention to. How do you know when you are angry? How do you know when you are afraid? When we start tracking the emotional process in our bodies, we become aware that emotions, feelings are deeply physical, multi system processes of awareness. And so later in the episode, we will share with you some practices. But what we become aware of is that as we start paying attention to our bodies, as we start bringing our awareness to our insides, we can start tracking these responses, we can start becoming in tune with how our body responds to different emotional states. And this becomes a wealth of information. And it also becomes a really important compass towards your desires. And later on, I'm going to share practices and strategies for using this incredible superpower of interoception to know what you want, to answer that question of, What do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What should I? I don't know. Most people respond to, What do you want? with a big old, I don't know, how do we know what we want? How do we know what our sexual desires are? And how do we differentiate them from fantasies? This is all also the realm of interoception. So I just want to draw that link because it's so important to know that interoception is a deeply erotic skill. And interoception has been around for hundreds of years. It's been scientifically named for over 100 years, but only recently is it being studied. And the biggest place it's being studied is with autism research, because sensory processing disorders have a lot to do with autism and how it presents in individuals. Erotic interoception has not really been studied. And when it is studied, it's very hard to study because it's such a deeply personal sense of what you feel inside. But just because it's hard to study doesn't mean it's hard to practice. And it's incredibly easy to practice. And it gives us such big rewards, just like any other skill, just like anything else we want to become aware of at a deeper level, by practicing the skills of interoception, by bringing language to the experiences on the inside of your body, this skill can be strengthened. And in my experience, this is one of those sexual superpowers that as we strengthen it, it informs our entire erotic experience. And so that's why we wanted to put this in our touch series, because it's really about how we are touching ourselves on the inside. When you are excited, when you get aroused and your heart starts beating, can you feel it? Because that heart beating faster Is your body telling you something? Likewise, when there is something you don't want to do and you respond with disgust and fear, can you feel that wrenching inside? Can you feel your whole body go, no? And once you feel it, can you bring voice to that? Can you express the awareness you have about your inside emotional state? You can see how over time this ability to go towards what you want, to say no to what you don't, to pay attention to how you feel and how your internal body is responding is just an incredible erotic power that we all have that really is part of what modulates social connection The ability to feel what you're feeling, express that clearly, and read what other people are feeling based on their clear expression is kind of the fabric of human connection. And we've lost touch with this. There's a lot of different, you know, speculations about modern life and technology and the pace of information and all of the whys. But I think we can all agree that a lot of us are really out of touch with ourselves. We don't really know how we're feeling all the time. We can't really track our emotions. We can't really feel the inside of our body very well. We do not eat based on how food feels on the inside of our body. And the more we can get in practice of getting in tune with how we feel and then expressing those feelings, being motivated to listen to our body's asks and wants, by changing our behavior. like This is really radical terrain for all of us, but we need to remember this is one of our most basic human capacities. We are designed for this. And any amount of being out of touch with this system is part of what causes so much discord amongst us and within us So we want to invite you in to practicing erotic interoception because you can practice this in all sorts of ways. But part of our theory is why not practice in our most pleasurable realm in the realm that's really charged with a lot of energy and excitement
1: so we can really feel and then we can map it out to the rest of our lives. I love it. So often our sexuality is determined by what we feel like we should be doing. And this is a way to get out of our head and feel the sensations in our body and allow that to direct or inform what we're requesting, what we're desiring, what we're doing. One of the amazing pieces about cultivating the skill of interoception is being able to be with the feelings, as we've talked about. And during sex, there are so many different emotions that come up. Anxiety, embarrassment, shame, and when we practice being with these feelings, as we're increasing the sensation of arousal, as we're playing with climax, we begin to be okay with those feelings being there and still allowing turn on to happen. This is a skill that a lot of us want and need to practice in order to be able to have more fulfilling sex.
0: Mm. That's so much about being able to feel more than one thing at once. And I think that's one of the things as you drop in and start tracking your emotions, start noticing what you're feeling, you can notice that you're feeling both shame and turn on. And some of our emotions are louder than others. Some of our systems are louder than others. And sometimes we allow one experience to shut us down or hijack us. And part of the proficiency that Charlotte's talking about is, oh, I'm noticing my body shame respond, but I'm also noticing that my lover is really turned on, and they don't seem to be noticing. And so I'm going to notice that and keep going. And that is part of what we're talking about when we say expanding your capacity to feel. It's not that the shame goes away. It's that you feel it and you feel it in context of everything else that's going on. And over time, you become in active dialogue with your feelings. And so as shame rises, you can say, you know, you are here, but you don't get control. And then it seems to dissipate. What we know about emotions and feelings is that most of them have a lifespan of about a minute 90 seconds is kind of the organic lifespan of all emotions, all feelings. They run through us, then they're complete and our body looks for what's next. We are novelty seeking engines, our bodies don't want to linger in any one emotion too long. What happens is an emotion comes up, our internal homeostasis is disturbed, and then our brain becomes fixated on that emotion, starts thinking about the emotion, reinforcing that physiological response, and then it thinks about it again, and then the response comes, and then it thinks about it. So we get into this self-fulfilling loop. Anger is a really good one to track this with. Are you still angry about what you thought you were angry about? Or are you angry about the fact that you're angry? And without check, emotions can take over and kind of become a fixation. With practice of going inside, noticing emotions, you can start finding the freedom from these self-fulfilling loops. You can notice your anger, you recognize the fact that your heart is racing And then your brain gets a chance to be like, what am I angry about? What am I feeling right now and why? And then be motivated towards the action that will resolve that. You can't always resolve why you're feeling something, but there is something really inherent about recognizing the emotion, naming it, paying attention to the physiological systems that have been disturbed, and then allowing your body to resolve them. That's like the least sexy application of interoception, I think, but it does really help us relationally and help us track what is causing the stir. Because so much of interoception is noticing what your body's feeling when things change. It would be impossible and it would be chaotic if our bodies felt every little thing it was going on inside. We can't keep up with all of that information. We are tracking it like be real, your body is tracking it all the time and responding to internal changes all the time and doing so much work on our behalf to keep us healthy and going. But our conscious mind is only drawn attention to things in moments of like change or disruption or a shift. And that's the moment where we get to be like curious about what our body's experiencing. And so a change is when your bladder gets too full and you have to pee, you'll notice that there's a threshold point. And then if you keep pushing it and keep chugging water, you'll notice the urgency get more and more intense until you either wet yourself or go potty, right? can't believe I just said go potty.
1: (laughs) That's having a kid around.
0: (laughs) Um, Equally, like with thirst, you'll notice it's starting. And then if you ignore it, it gets louder and louder and louder how does this function with sexual desire? How does this function with what you want? We need to pay attention to that and be able to track it because sometimes those feelings, if they get louder and louder, we don't really know what to do with them. But often what happens is we don't even feel them in the first place. We don't really notice our erotic interoceptive abilities. We don't really notice all of the nerve endings on the inside of our pelvis And so we need to practice this, we need to start getting in touch with what it feels like to feel erotic desire, what it feels like as arousal builds in your body. Because as we get in touch with these capacities, then we can expand them. Once you notice what desire feels like, you then feel it more often. And I just want to say that this is a trained, ignorance of our erotic capacities we are taught to pay attention to hunger and thirst it is socially acceptable to say i'm sorry i need to step out of this meeting because i need to use the restroom it is socially acceptable to feel your emotions and express them in certain contexts and this is one of the places that you'll we'll come back to this at some point around feeling big feelings But you probably are more attuned to the feelings that are socially safe in your cultural context. So if you come from a family where joy and revelry and celebration were really part of your life, you can probably feel that rise of joy. Like, woo! You know what that feels like. If you came from a home with no joy, with no celebration, it might be hard for you. You can even walk into a party and be like, woohoo. Right. And that's not just personality that is trained and conditioned interoceptive skills and the ability to express ourselves. Right. So I want to draw attention here. There's two parts. There's awareness, feeling what you're feeling, and then expressing it, bringing that into outward action and expression. So erotic interoception, for most of us, is just completely untrained and punished. So trained in the direction of ignoring, overriding, not feeling. Trained in the direction of numbing it out. Because as youth, as children, if we had erotic feelings, if we had sexual feelings, if we had the internal feeling of horniness we weren't given permission to go resolve it. We weren't given permission to express it. And often we were punished if we did. And we live in a culture that doesn't model erotic interoception very well. And so we need to practice this on purpose, we need to give ourselves a ton of forgiveness for not being able to feel when we're turned on so many people we talk to like they don't know when they're sexually aroused. They don't know when something feels good. There's kind of this vague like, well, I think that feels good. Or I think that's what I want. But it's not specific. And it's not really a skill we have developed.
1: So we're going to do it together. And I love what that makes possible, because you're talking about how it's really important to be able to understand our desires, but it's also really important to be able to feel the depth of pleasure, which is a related but separate skill that we can cultivate through a similar practice, because as we're feeling more of the sensations that are being offered to us from ourselves or from another person, we're able to feel pleasure more deeply.
0: Well, I want to stop you because there's two skills there. And we're (laughs) going to get into the skill of receiving external stimulation and sensory pleasure that is provided to you from the outside, right? Getting in touch with how it feels and the skills of communicating to receive the kind of touch you want, being able to stay present for touch, overcoming distractions, all of those things. But there's this whole other set of feeling what it makes you feel, right? Because touching your clitoris or touching your penis can create surface external sensations that feel pleasant. Great. The internal experience of that, the building of arousal towards climax, the social and emotional meaning of sex... What are you feeling when you look down and see your partner's lips around your cock and she looks up at you? That is not just sensation. There's a world of feeling in there. And if you can't track what you're feeling and allow yourself to feel it, then you're kind of numbed out to that experience. Or you're missing the full
1: potential for sure.
0: Yeah. Or it becomes really confusing. And interoceptive confusion is real. So sometimes we mistake excitement for nervousness. Sometimes we mistake like an overwhelm and a feeling of like a heart opening joy overwhelm with fear, right? Like we don't have a very good sense always of how we're feeling and our capacity for that feeling. And so we can shut an emotion down.
1: And, and then from there, we can take different actions that shut the experience down. So being able to be with the feelings and take the actions that you want to is really important to allow love, connection, joy, belonging to continue to grow mm. instead of shutting off from it because we're overwhelmed by what we're feeling.
0: Mm mm-hmm. And being able to feel, as we said, all of those different things at once. You might be in the throes of pleasure with your lover, not want it to stop, but a wave of grief comes up and you feel that in your body. And when you feel that sadness and the grief, what do you do? Do you shut down? Do you blame it on your partner? Do you feel like something is wrong with this experience? Something is wrong with you? Or can you allow that feeling, feel it fully, allow it to pass through and let it open you up to new intimacy, new connection? Emotions and feelings are kind of mysterious, but they are also just part of who we are as human beings. And the more comfortable and I wanna say native we can get with them, the more we understand emotions are just part of who we are, how we connect, how we experience the world. They have wisdom and information for us. That wave of grief that comes through you and just is released on your orgasm might need to be felt. So feel it. We're not very good at feeling all of the things our bodies want us to feel. And then we're wondering why we feel kind of confused and disconnected from ourselves. Let's get more comfortable with feeling the richness of what is inside of us and not being scared of it. That's another piece here is the more you know, the less scared you have to be. And the more you trust your body to hold and contain all of this. This is what you are built for. You are meant to feel deeply, fully. And you are designed to express that in ways that other humans can understand and then feel with you. Right? This is empathy. And so, if your anger rises and you can express your anger in a sophisticated way, you can connect with other people who are angry about the same thing. If it just roils within you and you're not in touch with it and you're not really allowing it to express itself, all of that energy is just within you and it doesn't get expressed and therefore it doesn't get resolved and it cycles. So, so much of this is letting things move, letting things be felt and trusting that you have a big enough container to hold it all.
1: Totally. It's about letting yourself feel really deeply alive, because all of these feelings moving through us are about living more deeply and being in connection with all that is, Um, and having a framework to understand, as Chris was saying, that the feelings are okay, and they can, can move, and we can still take the actions that we want to take, it doesn't cut us off from being in relationship with other people because we're overwhelmed by these feelings. So there's so much learning. And if this feels like a lot, it makes sense. Our culture has taught us not to pay attention to all of these feelings and the sensations in our own body. So we're all really kind of new at this. And so please be gentle with yourself. Um, we're all. This is something that we can practice. This is something that we can gain skill over and with. And there's excitement and potential and possibility and pleasure and connection on the other side of that.
0: And we mentioned the scale of urgency and the scale of intensity that we can feel these things. And it's worth mentioning that that's also a level of individual proclivity, and how individuals are wired amongst our hugely neurodiverse species. So some people feel some things much more intensely than others. And this is why interoception is studied so much in the autism community, Because autism presents itself as hyper feeling or hypo feeling often, you're on one end of the spectrum with the ability to feel different inputs, and express them or to read social inputs from other people. But we're all on those neurodiverse spectrums somewhere. And so you might be feeling like, oh, I already am such a big feeler this practice is still for you because it can get you more sophisticated with how you feel that intensity. Some of us just inside feel constantly like a glitter thing shaken up and everything is just constantly moving. And it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming amount of information. Other people feel almost nothing inside and can barely feel when they have to pee or eat or drink. Can barely feel sexual desire. Other people are distracted by it all day long. And so, wherever you are on that, practicing these skills with us is what helps you become more fluent in them, more sophisticated with them, and helps you kind of even out your skills across the spectrum. Um, so, we've been talking a lot about practice. And last week on the podcast, we announced our new membership community called the Pleasure Pod which you can find at pleasuremechanics.com slash pod. And a big part of the Pleasure Pod community is our Pleasure Practices Library. So often on this podcast, we talk to you about these theories and ideas, but we don't have the opportunity to give you the tools to practice. And so the Pleasure Practices Library is our ever-expanding library of pleasure practices solo and partnered explorations to develop your skills of pleasure, joy, connection, and eroticism. Pleasure practices can be explored at your own pace on your own time, but they're generally like five to 20 minute practices that you can do again and again. And we guide you in developing these specific skills. Think about practices and their relationship with your sexual pleasure as, you know, learning to play basketball. You don't just start playing the game. You pick up a ball. You learn how it bounces. You learn how to pass. You learn how to shoot. And even professional basketball players practice the basics over and over again. It gives us the muscle memory and the skills, the capacity in our body to bring these skills into action during game time right? And so as we practice pleasure, in and of itself, it should be fun, just like throwing a ball around with your friend is a fun way to spend a few minutes. The practice itself will be pleasurable and interesting and exciting. But what we're also doing is developing the skills to bring into the in real time eroticism of our lives, into our relationships, into bed, into sex, into our orgasms, The idea of pleasure practices emerged over the past 14 years as we've been teaching sex and noticing that we can really pull all of this apart, operationalize the different skills of pleasure, practice them, and become better lovers to ourselves, to our partners, to the world so we invite you to practice pleasure with us join the pleasure pod become a member of our global community of pleasure seekers and you'll also be unlocking members only resources direct contact with charlotte and i and so much more come on over to pleasuremechanics.com/pod and for this week in the pleasure practices library what we're going to be adding is a few different practices to first Practice just dropping in and feeling our bodies. Charlotte guides you through a practice that you can do over and over again to really feel the internal landscape of your body and start mapping it. And then we're going to invite you into a practice where you pay attention during arousal, when you pay attention during orgasm. What can you notice about your internal states during these heightened experiences? For me, this is where so much of the really interesting information comes up. When you pay attention during a heightened state, it's like you're on an information superhighway with your brain. You really get a lot of great information when you pay attention during a highly aroused state. And it's, again, one of those skills that will make you way more orgasmic, way more fun in bed over time. But we're going to start with the pleasure practice.
1: I'm just so excited about this because it is such a clear, simple way for people to be guided through an experience of being able to feel more pleasure and then share more pleasure and gain more proficiency. We all want to be better, better at sex and be having more fun during sex. And these are really tangible, practical ways to be able to build these skills. And I'm so excited for us all to do this together.
0: Mm-hmm. And when we say together, you're in your own home, you're doing it at your own pace, but you're supported in the community, we are there to root you on to answer any questions. And then we're going to provide interactive ways to share your experience. So we can map them alongside all of the other pleasure seekers in our community. Through these tools over time, we'll be able to track patterns and notice what is happening in the erotic body. That is shared between us, right? It becomes really interesting to map your erotic experience alongside other people's and find the patterns. So, this is what we're doing in the Pleasure Pod. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com/pod and you will find the options for joining. We really want this to be accessible and inviting for all of our podcast listeners, because so many of you have been listening to us for years, but have not had the opportunity to be guided in physical practice, in transformational skills. And you know these are the things we bring to our high-end coaching sessions, but now we want to share them with the whole community and really motivate us all to practice more, to Dig in with these skills and notice how we can expand our capacity for feeling pleasure, for feeling joy, and for connecting as erotic beings. Yes, please join us at pleasuremechanics.com/pod. The pleasure pod is open to everyone; all bodies are welcome, and we hope you will join us. That's pleasuremechanics.com/pod. We are building out so many beautiful offerings for you there and curating the 14 years of resources we've developed for you as the Pleasure Mechanics. It's really lovely to see it coming together, and we want your beautiful body there. PleasureMechanics.com slash pod for this week's pleasure practice and so much more. All right, I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.